Alright, welcome to another episode of Reptile Fight Club. Um, we have a uh, very special guest, a guy who's near and dear to my heart. We've Thanks, known man. That is so room. nice for you to say. <laughs> oh, wait um, a minute. You were... Did you... You, oh, you weren't oh, talking did, about me? Uh, uh, well, y- oh. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, oh, man. No, oh. <laughs> we do. We actually have a really far, a far more awesome person than myself here today. Uh, at bringing back, bringing back the old school uh, yeah. AAR. So. <laughs> yep, my old uh, partner in crime from uh, back a few years, uh, Benson Morrill. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thanks. Happy to be here. <laughs> yep. So I guess a little history. Uh, when, like that was like early 2000s, right? That we got to 2002. 2002. So yeah, yep. uh, Ben and I both attended Utah State University. And um, did you you find find my name through like PetSmart or something? I was advertising yeah. rodents, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he he said, "Oh, you're into snakes," and <clears throat> we got you know. We, we were great friends from the moment we met, like, and then we decided to kind of go into business together, uh, using like student loans and what other money we could kind of scrape together to buy some projects. And yeah, the rest is history, but yeah, we, we had a lot of fun, uh, uh, going to shows together, driving to California, listening to cake. <laughs> Good times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Going yeah. and hanging out in San Diego with Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like you guys were like the two first like reptile well, carpet carpet people that I had ever really like run into from MP. So yeah. yeah. I mean, we go, we go way, 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 way back. Yeah. I wish I could remember that year. I would guess it was like 06, 07, somewhere in there. I think it was. How, yeah, old, was it, how old are your daughters? They are 14 now. So I would guess they were like three or four. Yeah, that's probably about so right. Uh, they were in a stroller one of the years. Like the, that year we went two. to the zoo. And that was that was after we'd been going a few years. Yeah. So it's probably like 12 years ago, eight, something like that. Your kids even, maybe. Um, maybe. I don't mm. <laughs> God, yeah. it's hard, man. You, you asked no, me to no. go back in time, and I'm like, it's all fuzzy. <laughs> I'm not sure. Ah. <laughs> yep. Um, I think I might have uh, like a collection or like a one of my visits page that has some of the first shows we went to. But, I was going to um, say like what? Yeah. What year was the? <laughs> the very first Anaheim. The very was first Anaheim we did was 05. 05. Okay. Yep. That was our very first Anaheim. And Man, I didn't realize the year they so had the carpet. That, that was the year they had the jungle carpet on the uh, on the t-shirt. I think was so. The year was mm-hmm. the year we were there. The first, the first year, year we all hung out. Yeah, yeah, I just have pictures from 06 on the website, but there's, yeah, Ben behind the booth. And it was when we had, oh, man, you look young, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while, huh? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we had those uh, crate-looking things, the... <laughs> And I've kind of gone back to that design a little bit with my new displays, but um, the, like the Red Rock uh, Tower, the Red Rock no, Towers. Well, this this was like these were wood boxes that had like, that looked like shipping crates with like a big Australia on the side of them, just crated in from Australia. Yep, yep. And then uh, like with maybe? with flex like 
plexiglass on top so you can see this stuff, you know, in, in deli cups below it. But yeah. Um, that might have been that's a cool idea that was before the towers of of rock yeah (laughs) yeah justin had a new idea almost every year yeah of course of course (laughs) uh i I wasted a lot of my time and and our money (laughs) to to try different ideas but man i mean interesting yeah Yeah. i was gonna say if you know justin at all his propensity (laughs) for making his own stuff and like doing like you know the creative (laughs) idea for the process definitely definitely there yeah, I just so, got a, so I got today. a, like a bunch of Uline boxes, like shipping crates shipped to me, and I'm gonna turn them into cages. So, uh, nice. I got that idea from Alan Stevens. He does that for his monitor lizards, but yeah, hopefully it, it works out well. <laughs> but, are you gonna put monitors in those, or what do you? Um, what I'll do you put snackies in one of them, and then just snakes in the rest. Yeah, maybe some blue tongues too. I gotta. How are your ackies doing? Are they? Uh, they're doing all right. I I don't know. I I don't know why I keep thinking I have time for monitors. So they're they're, <laughs> they're doing fine. They just you know aren't breeding or laying yeah. any eggs. So because I don't support them for reproduction, I guess I, I feed them enough to keep them happy and Made healthy, it, but not enough to get them to breed. Yeah. So yeah. I tried to give them to my buddy on breeding loan, but he he wasn't having it. <laughs> I guess he learned from all the ball pythons on breeding loan. <laughs> but, He's- He's like, yeah, I know this game. Yeah. So, yeah, both pythons on breeding loans and Aki's on breeding loans are not the same thing. But he breeds Aki's. He's got some. Oh, Aki's. he does. He already yeah. breeds Aki's. Oh, then but I guess knows. he ran okay. out of room already. And so yeah. he's buying, but yeah, he's buying up a bunch of desert lizards, which is cool. You know, so. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. You're just going to have to do it yourself. Step your game up, Julinder. Let's go. I know. I got to get something done. But I, I don't know. I've been watching like, uh, um, some of the YouTube videos on naturalistic backgrounds, the, the natural herb keeper, uh, yeah. um, and uh, beaches, scaly beast. Uh, yeah, 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 they've got some great stuff. Those, those last, uh, um, cages that, uh, what's his name for me? <laughs> My brain. Luke? Not, Luke. Yeah. Um, those were pretty sweet. I, oh yeah. I, that was, that was a cool idea to put like the photographs in the back of the, you know, the the NT, of the NT nice job, the Luke. Nice yeah. job. Very nice job. Yep. So I, it's got the, the wheels turning in my brain, but I'll probably do some like fake rock work and stuff like that. But I don't know if I'm going to go get a bunch of stuff printed and put in them. Yeah. <laughs> I priced it out. It was like 80 bucks per cage. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I could see it being expensive. I mean, I guess I don't, I mean, you know, I guess how dedicated are you? You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not as, <laughs> not as dedicated as Luke, I guess. No, he makes it look good, man. That's yeah. for sure. But I mean, those are like, you know, those are like, uh, like zoo quality, you know, yeah, like in the yeah, corner. Really. I mean, it's like it's super cool, but exactly, it, it is a lot. Someday. It's a big. Yeah. It's an expensive, you know, an expensive commitment for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so then, uh, so Ben and I ran uh, Australian Addiction for quite a while, and then when did you move to to Virginia? Uh, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. So we, yeah, we we ran the business. So you said from two thousand two to twenty eleven. So about a decade of uh, yeah. That was a that was a good times. Um, and then so you you went out to Virginia after you finished a PhD. Um, 
in the same department. We got our PhDs in the same department. Uh, and then you work now in Virginia. Uh, do you still work for the same company that you went out there for? Uh, yep. Yeah. The, uh, big thing that we're known for now is that, uh, transplant from a pig heart that went into a human okay. that was a, a pig that i helped make oh nice that was your pig yeah. that's awesome yeah, that's awesome did some of the genetic edits for it and i helped clone that that cell line that led to that pig so that's awesome I got to uh, to write down notebook numbers from my notebook to send to the FDA for that approval and everything. Word. That's awesome. So, so these are genetically modified pigs to have, so the transplant's not rejected, right? Rejected. Yeah. Yeah. Like a humanized pig. Yeah. More human-like immune system. Big man. Big man. Yeah, that's big man shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, is, that, is that targeted to the individual that the transplant's going to, or is it just targeted more towards anti-rejection and just any human? It's 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 definitely complicated, and we don't know yeah. everything that we need to know. Um, but we did do some some typing like they do with aloe transplant, human to human. Um there are some specific um, antigens that we wanted to make sure that some some people have them from their experiences in life, and we wanted to make sure that we avoid, uh, you know, putting a, a pig organ into somebody that has those antigens. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So there there was a little bit, but uh, it's definitely something that we're learning. This was someone that if if he didn't he couldn't get a mechanical heart and he couldn't uh-huh. get a human heart, so it was either. He's going to pass away or try yeah, the pig heart. And yeah, him yeah. and his family were very brave and wanted to try it. And so it, he lasted for two months with it. So that was wow. pretty cool. The longest xenotransplant um, mm-hmm. to date. So. And That's did it, did, what, what eventually, I mean, was it eventually rejected or what um, happened? Um, there, I think that there's still kind of, I know that like the official autopsy still isn't released. There's a lot of people involved and mm-hmm. a lot of tests and all yeah. kinds of things going. Mm-hmm. So yeah. mm-hmm. I would imagine sometime in the next few months, they'll, they'll kind of come out with a, yeah. a final report. You know, yeah. And then it's kind of back to the drawing board or to yeah, 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 we're always doing more edits. We're always, you know, making more things. We have it kind of narrowed down um, to what what's been published and stuff. Um, but yeah, we're we're always trying to think of new ways to make it better and making yeah. more pigs all the time. That's nice. cool. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, you're also teaching classes at. I was going to say, weren't you teaching? I thought you were. You <laughs> I did were. quit that. Oh, did you? Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. So you're not so teaching I, I was genetics. Teaching anymore. intro bio and that and phys for a mm-hmm. community college, but, okay. but yeah, I, I did quit that. I had too many jobs finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say that that and now you know doing the side biz thing and and right. uh, and and the family and and snakes like you got to be a busy 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 dude for sure. It's it's nice. I'm definitely never bored. I know that that's <laughs> a difficult thing for some people. Yeah. yeah. I do not have that problem yeah, yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. still have a couple of kids that aren't teenagers yet that like to hang out with me. So I'm not <laughs> bored anytime. That's awesome. 
Yeah, um, yeah, it's nothing like a teenager to make you feel old, right? Like, you know, that's yeah, pretty cool. We were, we were talking about that the other day, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah, tell us about your side business there. I think mo- most of our listeners would be familiar with what you do there. So, um, which side business? <laughs> oh, yeah, their <laughs> genetics. Uh, uh, so yeah. the the genetic test. Genetic so test. I, I still breed pythons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, mostly ball pythons, and then I have a, a I don't know, about ten or twelve hundreds. So I'm doing some hundreds oh. now. Um, but yeah, the, uh, genetic testing, uh, we are continuing and uh, thankfully a lot of, a lot of people have given us support in social media and I think I've run samples for, you know, a few of the NPR people from, from back in the day. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, there's more really cool things coming. Um, probably for people listening now, the, the highlights that I see coming this summer, would be uh, sex determination and blue tongues and in green trees and hopefully all pythons, if not most nice. and all. So any of them where people don't want a popper probe or, you know, some of the species, obviously green trees that are difficult, you'll just be able to send us a shed and, and we'll be able to get sex determination off of any single shed. I've been doing it for the last three years, a really complicated way where I'm sequencing part of the sex chromosome and then tracing it through multiple generations to know which of the markers is coming from the male chromosome. That's expensive mm-hmm. and a pain in the butt, but after yeah. this summer I should be able to do it just from a single shed. And we've been doing right. that with colubrids and venomous snakes for a few years. And um, heloderma is also looking good. That's coming. Ooh. Yep. So have you gotten any death threats from the chondro community over this yet? Or <laughs> just you know? if they, they've reached out to you with dissatisfaction. I don't know. <laughs> they, they're probably sick of me saying that I'm close to having it figured out for the yeah. single shed test. <laughs> I'm really excited for the blue tongue. That, yeah. 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 The skink. Uh, sex yep, that skink one's looking skink. good. And the, yeah. the, uh, test, the, there's actually a few tests that I've been playing with. Mm-hmm. They might, you know, branch out to Gurnia, Bronia, some of the other skinks. Mm, um, nice. I need to do more testing. I have people, and if there's people listening that are interested, you know, just contact me. I definitely, right now, all I'm looking for are known male and female sheds because um, okay. I need to test and validate these these tests to know for sure which species they work with well enough that I can, you know, feel confident selling yeah. a test to somebody. And that's yeah. That's still a little ways, but I think it's only a month or two out, something like that. Cool. Well, I just I just sent you a bunch of samples yesterday, so good, <laughs> hopefully perfect. they make it in good order. And, and so I wasn't exactly sure the best way to. I don't know. You'll see. You'll see what they look like when you get them. But um, hopefully, there's enough shed to work. Uh, work. Yeah. You know, at least I, I know I have at least five or six uh, known sex animals. Uh, perfect samples. So hopefully that helps. <laughs> What did you send them through the shedder shredder or what you, you make it sound like? Well, a, I mean, skinks kind of shed in pieces. So oh, it's like I, I was gathering yeah. like pieces from their cave okay. or whatnot. So right. yeah, hopefully the samples are, are okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting chameleon shreds. I've been getting chameleon sheds lately. I have a panther chameleon locale test that I've been working on. And yeah, oh, that's cool. totally different. Their sheds are so different than, than uh, all the other sheds I've dealt with. Yeah. 
That's just interesting. <laughs> Obviously, some of them like to eat their sheds, so it's going to be yeah. complicated for some people to get sheds. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's sure. a little tricky. Yeah, I was thinking about that for like geckos and stuff that they eat their shed skins. That might be a little more difficult, but and geckos are pretty easy if you just are patient. But you know, if you're buying yeah. a whole lot of them or something, you want to get your sex determination quicker than yeah yeah and in the act of shedding or something as long as their genetic sex determination if they're temperature mm-hmm. then i can't design a dna test for them huh so, really? some of the so even species. after they're they're born or after they hatch they they still you can't do it then it's not a genetic difference um, um, there could be a gene expression difference so uh-huh. you might be able to do some kind of a either a gene expression or protein test um, but dna that's so there crazy. Won't be a difference. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So like a lot of people ask me about tortoises and turtles and I mean the majority of them are temperature dependent, mm-hmm. so I can't I can't crocodilians as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah unfortunately. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Is I mean, Even, would it be possible to to uh design one for like gene products where you know, males obviously are going to express different proteins more. Yeah, I would think that it should be possible. Uh, mm-hmm. That's definitely not my strong point. My strong mm-hmm. point is DNA. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't want to be getting I mean, into Western it, blots, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> not right now. Maybe down the road. But right. um, I know that there are some other tests. There's one that uh, actually interviewed to work at the Memphis Zoo, and they had mm-hmm. a, some kind of a – device they were using on the the skin and i think it was measuring some kind of hormone level or something mm-hmm. i don't think it panned out it, i think they saw some some hope for that but anyway there should be a way to do it you know that's not yeah. too expensive but it's not dna so i won't be yeah. going after it <laughs> right. Not right now maybe in yeah. five years or something yeah <laughs> yeah when you're bored when you when you don't have yeah, when you get, exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly get that extra time Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Putting that, once putting that once your kids become you. teenagers, they don't want to hang out with you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they don't have more more reptile time, more DNA time. Uh, that's cool. Well, and and yeah, we definitely. So we 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 were originally thinking we want to have Ben on here talk some genetic uh, type stuff, but we're we're gonna t- save that for a later date because uh, you know you've got all these cool things coming out. And so obviously we want to chat more about those. So we'll definitely have you back and get, get pick your brain for like, uh, genetics or, or taxonomy. I hope by the end of the summer or early fall, instead of saying all the things that are coming out soon, I'll be able to talk about all the things (laughs) that that have just come out. Here's all the new developments. These are the things that work well, instead of these are the things I hope are going to work well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I, I'm really uh, rooting for you. It's really cool to see you doing so many amazing things. Huge. So, yeah, that's, you, I know, mean, you know, Justin, I've been talking about it for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And and that's the cool thing is to see, you know, see it in in practice. I mean, a lot of people have good ideas or, you know, I mean, but you're sticking to it and carrying it through and seeing it you yeah. know, on the other end and now it's working out. And, you yeah, know, I, I see the posts on online of people saying, Hey, I got my, you know, this, it's a yeah. female now, or it's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. You need, now you need to send out like those little, uh, <laughs> the little, what, what are the, the gender party things? Yeah. They, they like I actually have gender reveal. To do a yeah. post. There is a, uh-huh. a family that just did one and they took pictures for me that I can post up and I've just been so busy. I haven't done it yet, but yeah. they were so excited. They even had me 
deliver their results to a friend, not uh-huh. to them, because they didn't want to see. So it was a surprise <laughs> to the, their whole family. And mom uh, and dad, and they funny. had two kids that are like four, six years old. And yeah, so yeah, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Your next yeah. little branch out, right? You can do uh, <laughs> <gender> reveal parties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. Send them a little, uh, like one of those little party poppers that sprays out the colored uh, confetti or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so there, there's, you know, we kind of asked Ben what he wants to talk about and, and we, there's, uh, there was actually a listener suggestion that, that went along nicely with this. I better, I better look, look up the name so I don't, uh, sit there. Do and it go, right. Oh, who said this? Yeah, let's I, do it right. Like I do. Got to do it right here. So we've got, we actually got a, a few different suggestions from Mitchell Hodgson. And so we appreciate that Mitchell. Thanks for your suggestions. And, um, so one of his suggestions was reptile YouTubers are the modern day snake showmen. So like the roadside, you know, snake attractions or whatever. Um, that's kind of, he's kind of likening those things to, to the YouTubers of today. So I think it's kind of an interesting topic, you know, so I, let's, let's go for it. Uh, so thanks again, Mitchell. And we'll, we'll try to do it justice here. So of course we'll have our uh, customary coin toss to see who gets to fight Ben. So Chuck, if you want to give it a call, I, your your luck's been running out, but maybe today's it's, your day. It's gone. I don't. I don't. I have zero faith. It that's tails. It is. You got tails. Ah, see? Ah, ha, ha. All right. Huh. Well, in, in the in the interest of great minds and old friends, uh, I'm gonna sit this one out and let you two debate each other. Uh, Whoa. I, uh, yeah, I am. I am just okay. gonna watch. I, I think. Uh, I think history demands. <laughs> this fight is between you two. So, um, so you make, make old friends fight. Huh? That's right. That's right. right. Hey, this is, this is, you know, reptile fight club. Once a year it's reptile love club. So oh, uh, that's you, right. you, yeah. we, we happen to have been on on the day. It was not reptile love club. So we got to fight. That's just how it works. Like, that's the way it goes. All yeah. right. Well, I'm happy to, happy to give my, my two cents. I, here, so. I guarantee you Ben yeah. gives, as good as he gets so oh yeah <laughs> all right ben well you get a call for uh you know what side of the topic so call the coin toss here what do you think all it right. is heads heads it is heads <laughs> you guys because nice. i was saying oh row. man well done dude that was like a 50 <laughs> that was a 50 throw i was like oh my gosh that's halfway between his head and halfway between his tail throw i have no idea what that was nice <laughs> good guess good guess well done all right. Well, what side would you like to take on the, there? Um, I'll go. I'll go pro. I'll say that that uh, they're uh, a good. Well, I guess specifically, you know, whether they're a sideshow, mm-hmm. I'll say that. You know, they're I don't nice. know. I guess. I guess I'll. I'll go for the. They are a sideshow. Okay. And uh, yeah. Is that a negative okay. thing or a positive? I guess. Can, can we define? I guess the that's the question. Yeah, we can get into that. Or do we need to that, define it as a positive yeah. negative? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of go, go off yeah. uh, what what you say, I suppose. But yeah, <laughs> so um, they they are the the modern day showmen that are actually good for the hobby. Is that kind of what you want to argue? Sure. Yeah, I can. No, do that. Okay, that was kind of what I thought. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, whatever. Okay. 
Sounds good. I think that'll yeah. that'll work out. So you've and got so, the they're not good for the oh, yeah. Right, oh, yeah. Justin? I, okay. I'll, I'll, All right. I'll go for that one. And All I right. yeah, so I, I've I've thought about this one a little bit, but yeah. So um just just for anybody and you know, we're not advertising or this or anything, but um uh, there's that animal con, um, con, animal convention thing, uh, coming to town, I guess, or in Florida somewhere. And On so Sunday, like, Sunday, 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. sorry. It <laughs> just sounded like that moment that fit. I went for it. <laughs> <laughs> it was appropriate. Yeah. So <laughs> it's this huge, uh, gathering of influencers you know i don't know if i use he that did quote big air quotes just so for those who can't <laughs> well see i am that. on the, the con side so I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. but uh That's okay. so the, i air quoted with you <laughs> so it's not just reptiles it's all all animals i guess and there's no animal sales which is you know kind of cool but there there's like 90 of them <laughs> like i didn't know there were that many Animal and YouTubers like, out oh, there. It's like, well, it's it's like, like all social media, right? I think so. I, so I, this yeah, is like llama influencers and like you know <laughs> alpaca people and exactly and ostrich ostrich influencers and flamingo people are there and hey, they got to represent. You know, the flamingos okay. need their representation. Dude, so. I, I'm not here to judge. I'm just asking the questions. So this is kind of maybe what's uh, what was on Ben's mind. Is it, it, yeah, I guess don't the animal con is, is why it came to my mind to talk yeah. about kind of influencers and whether that's good or bad for the hobby was kind of my my thought, which obviously goes pretty hand in hand with with the question from the listener. Yeah, and and we do see some of these guys at, at our reptile shows. Uh, uh, Brian Barcheck, uh, Dave Kaufman. Um, who are some of the others? Uh, oh. The guy I from think California. one of the venomous, yeah. one of the venomous guys. Can't remember his yeah. name. Yeah, I should probably get the list out. But anyway, I uh, I don't even know if the oh, I, I, I'm t- I'm so bad with names. I'm is lucky the, I remember the, my own is name. Is he the heavily tattooed guy with the big earlobe things? I oh, that's the Florida that, guy. That, yeah, that, that's yeah, the you know, venomous. You got bit by like a king cobra or something. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah, not. I'm yeah. I'm. Really, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised because I was <laughs> when I, I watch him handle. He scares house, the shit out. He scares the shit out of me when I watch him handle, dude. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, there's animals, but you're gonna get bit like that. Like, there's yeah. no way not to. So, and there's a ton, you know, there's a few. Oh, Jay Brewer is another one. Oh, uh, yeah, how could we forget yeah. Jay? No, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, I think, that was one of the first places we went when we went to the Anaheim show yeah. at the Brewer's place. So, Mr. Anyway, Nail I, me in the face with a big snake. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess I, I need to ask you if you want to go first or do you want to defer the, the first point? Uh, let me go. Well, I got to choose which side I'm taking, so I'll let you choose if you want to go first or second. Wow. Uh, all right. I, 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 I'll, I'll lead us off, I suppose. So Sounds good. Um, okay, so there i guess yeah the uh, i'm i'm trying to think if we should restructure it but anyway the so if they, if they no. aren't the, i know i know okay so they're they're not the modern modern day snake showmen so i guess uh when i think of kind of those old so, sideshow roadside snake guys um you know they had to have a little bit of kind of flair but at the same time they were well there, there, there is kind of a, a different categories within that, right? So some of some of the old uh, roadside guys were legit. You know, they 
they uh, eventually went on to make like venom labs or, or to have like a big reptile zoo or you know, things like that. While others were like sell hawking animals, like, you know, a dollar a foot or something, you know, for different snakes or, or, or selling them. So people could like gas stations would buy them and just have like an animal display at their gas station. So people would stop to look at the animal and then fill up on gas or something like that. So, you know, that, I guess, uh, I would, I would say maybe a lot of the, or some of the YouTubers or some of the peoples are kind of like that ladder thing where they're, they're just in it to kind of get I don't know, attention or to hawk their animals or to, um, to, uh, be dramatic or to show, you know, how dangerous these things are or to show off and say, look at me free handle this King Cobra or whatever, you know, without getting bit, you know? So I think in a lot of ways they can have those kind of negative impacts on the hobby where, especially, you know, with venomous snakes where people say, Oh, I saw my favorite YouTuber, you know, free handling a venomous snake. And even though they have all the warnings, do not try this at home, you know, some kids like, well, they make it look easy. And so they don't realize that these guys have been doing it their whole life and that it isn't, you know, they, they understand the animals that they keep. And this guy goes out in the field and finds a rattlesnake and picks it up and tries to show off or whatever, you know? And I actually saw, saw that in California. I was out road cruising. There was a dude on the side of the road holding the sidewinder, like and his buddies were filming him and stuff. I'm like, Okay, I'm out. I'm not I'm not having anything to do with these guys, you know. So I think, you know, that influence is out there and I you know, I hate to say it, but I I think a lot of this kind of falls in Steve Irwin's lap and I, you know, I rest his soul, but um I think that uh sensationalism that he kind of brought out in in working with animals or or interacting with animals in the wild um kind of made it uh for people following him to try to outdo him or try to one up him and try to be more, you know, dangerous or more, you know, Oh, look at what this guy, if you thought Steve Irwin crazy, look at this guy, you know, like, so I, I think that there's, there's a lot of potential negative impacts from some of these, some of these folks out there trying to either one up the last guy or to, you know, to do these things that they, they are capable and uh, good at, but, somebody watching them may not be, and they could, you know, result in legislation and things like that. So that's kind of how I'd lead out, I guess. Very good. Some good points. <laughs> um, so for me thinking back, um, so I worked for the boys and girls club as a, as a undergrad, you know, in college, Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that as, you know, a, a part-time job and I was the the snake guy. And so I would go around the whole County and show off snakes. So I was, you know, yeah. kind of a little bit of a, a sideshow too, you know, I was <laughs> sure. trying to be educational and teaching, but you know, it was, it was so funny to watch, um, a lot of the time the people, and it's usually the adults, the kids were usually very open-minded and excited and happy. Some of them were very tentative, but the majority of the time, by the end of the presentation, all the kids will come up and, you know, touch, look close or whatever. But it was so funny, the adults, there were a lot of the time, the, the teachers that would be the most, you know, loud about how scared they were and how horrible it was. And mm-hmm. why are they in our school? You know, by the end, they're the ones, you know, asking more questions and getting close and even like calling or texting me later and wanting me to come back again. And, it was really interesting to see that, that there was kind of that, 
that uh, tug and pull, the, the people that were the most negative at the end were actually the most interested and had the most questions. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the biggest um, story was I uh, got assigned to a new school to be you know there for the after school program itself, the actual place I work day to day. And the week before I went, I got a phone call from from one of the teachers and she's like, so I just heard that you're assigned to our school. You're the snake guy, right? I was like, yeah. She's like, <laughs> I have had this irrational fear of snakes my whole life. I've tried to not pass it on to my kids. I've tried to have them be open-minded. She's like, but I am just so scared and just want you to be aware of that. Yeah. Well, by the end of that year, she bought a boa and a python from me and she oh, had them in her cool. classroom and she taught kids about them. And, you know, just through that one school year, she yeah. completely flipped. And so I, I see a, a real benefit. I think that there's a, if people don't understand or know something about something, they're not going to care about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's difficult because you don't want people to act like idiots either, but yeah. But if there's no exposure, there's no, you know, understanding, if it's just a, a creepy animal they know nothing about, it's not very likely that they're going to care about that animal. Uh, my uh, mother-in-law, I remember when I first was talking with her and she's like, yeah, whenever I see a snake, I run it over and then I back up and run over it again to make yeah. sure it's not going to come back to life. And and uh, after I had been here a few times, and she called me on the phone one day, she's like, "I saw a snake on the road today, and I didn't run it over." <laughs> so you know, yeah, just to for people to know, there are some people out there that that love these animals and care about them, and and for them to learn something about them, I think is a, a big step in the right direction to help people, you know, not just want to get rid of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's, that's a great, uh, great point on that side is that these people that are educating people to get over their fears and to understand reptiles better. I think there's definitely, now this is just kind of a minor detail and I just got to say this, but the, just sometimes the personalities like the, and I get it, you got to be kind of entertaining or you got to kind of cater to your crowd or whatever, but I, I must not be in the, in the target <laughs> audience. Cause it drives me nuts when they call them little pet names or like, you know, oh, this little monkey, uh, I, I have to, if I watch anything Barcheck does, I have to do it with the, the volume down. And I like <laughs> Barcheck. I, I still remember that first show that we went to. Um, he sat and talked to us for like a couple oh, yeah. hours and the guy obviously loves reptiles and he loves animals in general. And he's a super nice guy. He's really welcoming to other people, you know, just really a, a really nice guy. Oh, I just can't handle the, <laughs> the baby talking to the animals and stuff. It just drives me nuts. So anyway, you don't I, ever yeah, talk about booping snoot. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a taboo topic in my snake room. <laughs> we leave that to the Mac and Wookie. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually calling himself the Mac and Wookiee. Did you see him on Carpets and Coffee? He's he's the Mac and Wookiee now. We have one. Yeah. There you go. He he was still trying to figure out who who did it. He's like, was it Chuck? Was it Chuck? I'm like, I'm not saying. (laughs) God damn right it was. (laughs) He doesn't listen. So it doesn't matter what we say. I know. I can say it all I want. It's great. Yeah. And and some of the others, I mean, we, we went to, like I said, we, went to Jay Brewer's place. And I mean, some of the, the way he like 
opens up the eggs and pulls out the babies, you know, out of the yeah. eggs and stuff. It's just, oh my gosh, that just, just rubs me the wrong way every time. So, you know, I, yeah. I can't watch his stuff either. It's just, you know, it's a little too cavalier or something and grabbing those giant snakes and having them strike and giggling about it. You know, I get it. It's entertaining. People want to see that danger aspect, but I, you know, it's just, I don't know. The the responsibility there is is a little lacking. But so I I I get it that they're you know the they're not really, you know, trying to cater to the hardcore reptile people. You know, most of them are catering to beginners or passive, you know, observers or things like that. Not really people that have um have reptiles. So, yeah, I guess we're not in the, uh, the target audience. So maybe we need some of these influencers to influence us. I don't know, but we're I, the, I we're the boring members of the choir. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's, if there's any that kind of cater to, to the, well, I remember hearing Barchek call them the Tinley crowd. Like he said, he said, you know, I get it. There's, there's hardcore reptile people that know a lot and they're, they go to Tinley, you know, but he's like, that's not my audience. I'm looking for the the newbies or, you know, the people who don't know a lot or who are afraid of them. And, and I want to change their attitude towards it. And, you know, that's respectable. You know, I, 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 I guess. But I mean, can, I mean. Can it be bold? When the, when yeah. The pe- yeah, yeah. So. So why could. Yeah. First of all, why does it have to be the new people? Why can't. Why can't these people who influence people do it in such a way that they garner the respect of that not only their peers, but also people who are new into the hobby? And that would be kind of where in my head where I'm kind of like, I I think there are some that approach that. And, you know, I guess I don't know if they're at the and that's the problem, I guess, is you don't get the numbers that way. You don't get the millions of subscribers. Yeah. You get the hundreds that's of subscribers. You know? Yeah. So people who are, you know, taking it seriously or scientifically or, or natural history, herp, herping, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, I guess maybe there's some out there, but they're, they're very few and far between. So but it leads me to kind of my next point. But I'll let Ben respond to, you know, kind of that aspect of it, you know, the target audience and if that's a good thing or not. Yeah, I mean, I've over the last few years thought more and more about marketing. And I think that that's kind of one of your when you're coming up with a business plan, regardless of what your business is, Mm -hmm. that's kind of part of what you have to think about. Do you want to sell a lot of things cheap or do you want to have a quality product and only very few customers? And that that target audience of the new people, the the casuals, you know, I've heard that in some industries. They'll, they'll talk about the casuals, the people that don't know a lot. You know, how do you how do you draw them in? It's kind of like how many history buffs watch the History Channel? You know, yeah, not very many, <laughs> but they do it in a way that you know the casuals, you know, they at least learn something, even if it's not you know the best. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that you can, I think it would be difficult to do well on social media being the, the smaller customer base and doing higher quality. Um, but certainly when you're talking about breeding and, and selling animals, like if that's what you're doing, you can definitely do that with, you know, high quality and lots of knowledge. And you have a few customers that, understand that they might be waiting for a while and when they do get something they're going to pay for it and it's going to be a good product Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah the the social media i just don't know 
how you could make it in that unless you're going after casuals because you have to have those numbers to be able to, you know, bring in, you know, have any kind of monetization happen. Yeah. It's got to be big numbers. And that's the the part that I don't like, which I guess I'm not really supposed to be covering that, but just, you know, <laughs> the, the, the fake, you know, the, the clickbait and the, yeah. Yeah. The pictures that you know it's of something that isn't even in the video and yeah. but it's just to draw people in to show some blood and talk about yeah. bites or to mm-hmm. you know things like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean to get the numbers, I guess they kind of have to do some of that. Yeah, and that I, was I don't like that. That was kind of my next topic anyway, so you led into that nicely, which is yeah, the the monetization and having to do those things to get people to watch and I mean, I guess uh if you, if you've done it for long enough, like Barcheck has, I mean, he's, he was one of those first kind of reptile YouTubers and, but it seemed like when he was first starting out and, and kind of honestly, what interested me a little bit was seeing those rows and rows of cages and racks, I'm not cages, but racks. And that was yeah. about all he had were just rows and rows of racks. And I'm like, Oh man, think of all the cool snakes he's got hidden away, you know, and all the morphs and all the, you know, neat things. And so it kind of, I wonder if it brought people into that aspect of the hobby that I kind of liken to a pyramid scheme these days where, you know, they, oh, you buy this morph for me for 10 grand and then you can sell it to your friends for five grand and then they sell it to the, you know, in a couple of years, they'll sell it for 500 and, you know, everybody makes money and, you know, it's just kind of, a pyramid scheme to some extent, you know, cause we're just yep. buying each other's a- animals and so isn't them. that kind of the negative sideshow snakes, snake, yeah, that's, kinda, that's, you know that's, what I mean? Like exactly. it kind of pl- plays into that. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, I guess that's kind of, and then, after he, he kind of got out of that phase, he went to the, I want to make it like an, as an animal planet type show guy. And so they did the venom hunters, which was even more of a joke where, you know, he's riding around a camel looking for snakes in the desert to milk. You know, it wasn't realistic. It was completely <laughs> staged. Uh, maybe not completely staged, but largely staged. I but talked largely, to the guys yeah, yeah, with white sure. snakes for the show, you know, so it's like, okay, this, this is just nonsense. You know, now he's just, it's like, he's trying to get notoriety or, or, you know, find some way to make it, you know, make a, make a living out of it. Mm -hmm. And then the, I mean, the YouTube monetization, whatever it is, like there's like a switch where these, I mean, these guys are making millions of dollars a year. It's ridiculous. I was like, I, I was talking to, to the guys on a herp trip, the, you know, the NPR guys and the um, herp network guys. And they were, uh, I was like, how, how do these guys, how is Barcheck affording all these additions to the reptarium, all these expensive animals for the reptarium? They're like, oh, he makes millions of dollars off his YouTube. And I'm like, yep. holy crap, that's crazy, you know? And so I guess, you know, I can see why they're so desperate to get viewers and get and use the clickbait because they're basically manipulating or, or going along with the already manipulative uh algorithm that YouTube uses to monetize. So you have to kind of play the game to get those numbers. And yeah, it, it rubs me the wrong way. And, and it just seems like a way to make money rather than, you know, caring about the animals, but it, I don't know. That's kind of how, how it sits with me. Yeah. Yep. To me, that's your strongest argument for your side. That's a, that's a tough one for me to swallow too. I, I certainly don't have it in me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do still see and, and believe that there are some people that 
otherwise wouldn't have, you know, thought about keeping a snake or a lizard except for, you know, this clickbaity thing that, mm-hmm. you know, there's blood on the hand. He got bit by a snake. Oh, what's that? And then eventually learn, oh, you know, you can keep these, how pretty they are. You know, I hope there's some good coming of it. But, but yeah, it's a, that's a good point on your side that I, I don't like that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I remember hearing, of, I, you guys probably have heard this story too, uh, the, about the, the famous guy that had the TV show. I won't mention his name, but, uh, he's considered an influencer or an animal guy or whatever. And he was going to sex some snakes and he stuck the probe up the rectum rather than into the, uh, you know, the, the tail. So, uh, you know, I so it was know. a male, I guess. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, sometimes the, the, they have more time to do YouTube than they do to learn about the reptiles they're keeping. But anyway, you know, um, the other thing I guess about the monetization is it's kind of, that's the, that's the reason they're doing it to some extent. It seems like, you know, some of these guys are just doing it to, to get the viewers or to make the money rather than to really promote the animals like they should be promoted or, or teaching about them like they should be. And of course that's a fine line and not all of them do that. I mean, I do enjoy like some of the, you know, some of Dave Kaufman's videos where he's saying, you know, do we keep them right in captivity or whatever? And he's showing their habitat and kind of showing them in the wild and stuff. That's pretty cool stuff. So, I mean, there are some that kind of cater to, to our needs or our, our interests, you know, in in that way. So, um, and like the, the herper YouTubers that go around and show what they find herping and stuff like NFK or NKF. Yeah. Noah fields, I think his name is. And, um, he does some cool videos. I I enjoy watching people herp. (laughs) So maybe there are some that cater me, but, um, when you're trying to make money off of it, you know, that that's when it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And some of those guys are like, you know, the, especially like an importer or something where they're like just peddling, you know, half dead animals that are imported. And maybe yeah. that's an overgeneralization as well. But, you know, if you're just trying to peddle your snakes at a, you know, to get notoriety or something, that's, yeah, that, I guess that's akin to the old snake, the snake collectors back in the old days that were selling their snakes on the side of the road to gas station attendants to get people to stop to pump gas. You know, you feel horrible for the animals that are at the gas station. But then again, like if I saw that when I was a kid, I'd be like, Oh, let's stop there. I want to see the snake, you know, that kind of thing. So it does, does work, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. all those roadside zoos, I guess they were, they were onto something, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, a really good example, at least in, for my personal experience, we got to do a video with Emily and her husband from snake discovery Mm-hmm. Um, this last, um, I guess that was February or March when that came out. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy to see, I don't know if, if, did either of you go to Tinley the last couple of years? It's been a few years, but yeah, I've been, I, we, we hung out, uh, when was that? Like 2018, 20, I think it was right before the pandemic. So yeah, that, yeah, when that, that, yeah. that gig. the last time I went, I think that was 20 October in 2019 was the last okay. time I went. Yeah. And you were there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 2019. Yeah. But yeah, they, they apparently, um, like they said that they were going to wear like onesies and apparently like there were hundreds of people wearing onesies at wow. Tinley. I think it was a couple of 
Tinley's ago. Yeah. And this last time they were being undercover. So there's all these people with like fake mustaches and like hundreds of people. It's yeah. like so crazy. And the, they've been able to uh, open up a, an animal, you know, their, their own little zoo. And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, talking with them, you know, I could definitely tell the, the excitement that they have uh, for, for the animals. And yeah. the, I really love how, they are so education minded and that they make it kid friendly. Um, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's a strong point for you. Like the, there are some out there that are, you know, that are doing it the right way and who have, you know, become popular for the right reasons. It seems, you know, that aren't just trying yeah. to make money, but they, they did this out of a passion. And I mean, I, I kind of think like, you know, does I think it takes a special personality to be able to do that week in yeah. and week out, you know, or, or day in and day out. Like yeah. doesn't bar check put out a video every day. I don't know if snake discovery does. I've watched a few of those and they're, they're mm-hmm. actually pretty good. You know, Yeah, I think they do two a week, the majority of week. the time. Yeah. yeah. And I think but yeah, bar check at least for a while was doing one a day. I yeah. don't know if he still is, but I don't, yeah, I'm not sure either, but yeah, the, um, that's, and I think if you, if you can kind of stick to it and have that passion for the videography and show some fun stuff and educate at the same time, you know, I don't see any problem with that. And I think some of the roadside attractions, uh, turned into really amazing institutions after, you know, while I, I, yeah. uh, Reptile Gardens in South Dakota started out with the guy on the side of the road with the rattlesnake <laughs> under his hat, you know, lifting it to reveal that he had a rattlesnake under his hat this whole time or something. And, and you know, now that's one of the most amazing reptile uh, zoos in the world and it probably oh, yeah. has the biggest collection. And, and I mean, Terry Phillip is one of the coolest guys out there and he's, you know, he's one of the guys that runs that place. And so, um, yeah, so definitely good things can come of, of these things. But I mean, for every one of those, there's probably quite a few that were, you know, terrible that went away for good reason. You know, maybe they changed the wildlife laws or, you know, that kind of thing. And so they, I guess, I I guess I think, you know, more into our industry, Justin, like, Mm -hmm. like, do, do you feel like that there's people who do serious snake breeding who, who maybe are the, not good influencers of, uh, uh, of the, of the reptile breeding community. You know what I mean? Like, so you have, you have people in the influencer who, yeah. who maybe they're there for more of the entertainment value of the, yeah. of the, of the yeah. information distribution value. Or I'm going to get rich. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then you have those people doing it kind of better, but, but then it, you come bring it closer to home to all of those, those, those people who, you know, who breed reptiles and, and know a lot about what they keep and, and are very serious and, and actually tend to be pretty critical of those kind of people. You even sure. have people within that uh, those circles who might be the, you know, the selfish monetizing influencer of the reptile breeding community. You know what I mean? Like, so sure. I, I feel like yeah. there's both, right? I, I mean, yeah. you know, I, well, I, I sometimes see it that way. I mean, I guess, you know, who, who hasn't been fascinated by a giant Python at some point or another, if they like reptiles at all. I mean, I, that was the first Python I got was a big Burmese Python, you know, and it, um, it didn't, didn't go as, as 
well as it maybe could have, but it, you know, for, for the amount of information and stuff that was out there, I just saw a big impressive snake and I wanted to try that, you know, and I realized real quick that, you know, it's cool for a minute. Or, you know, it might be cool when you're walking down the street with the giant snake around your neck, you know, and that was kind of the mindset I had when I was a kid. And so I guess when I see adults kind of like trying to sell giant reticulated pythons or, you know, or or just really pushing that as, oh, these are great pets and everybody should own one. You know, that rubs me. Or Nile crocodiles. Exactly. Family pet. Family pet here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the what what does uh, Owen call it? The the uh Hamburg starter pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Hamburg. Okay. Have your reticulated python and the Nile crocodile free of you know <laughs> please, free of charge keep, with free with your below eighty degrees, please, yeah. whatever you do. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and keep I, them all in one cage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's tricky because I mean there are some beautiful reticulated pythons and i love to look at reticulated python i just would never necessarily want to own them now that doesn't mean i don't think nobody should own them but to to kind of peddle them and to to focus you know your breeding ventures on on reticulated pythons is i I don't think that's really good for our hobby and that can cause more damage than than help in a lot of cases but well has it though i mean that's a good question. I mean, uh, uh, there I'm, I I think one of the things that kind of alerted me to that was like how many reticulated pythons have been sold in pet shops as babies or by, you know, breeders. And then how many 20 footers do you, do you ever see or 15 footers or whatever? How many adult reticulated pythons are out there? Yeah. And just to think of the, or, or sulcata tortoises or, you know, Nile monitors or, you know, well, and I, I guess, that, giant I guess, reptile I guess that if has, you run that out far enough, how many people kill so much of what they end up keeping prematurely? Right. Like, sure. I don't yeah. think we have a great, I mean, like, like the people that I know, obviously they have their animals long-term because their care is very locked on and they understand yeah. natural history. They know, they really know what they're doing. But, 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 but no, if you're talking I, about, you know, I, go ahead. I think if you compare it to other ca- commonly captive bred animals like ball pythons or boa constrictors or something, I would say the percentage of those is much higher because yeah. they don't get to an, uh, an, an unmanageable size. And you're not saying I got to get rid of this thing or you're just like, I don't want to feed it because it's going to get too big. Or, you know, you're not keeping it properly because you you got a, a little cute little tortoise for 50 bucks, you know, and you don't know what you're doing. So, you know, I think that plays into it definitely because, you know, if, if it wasn't a, so a basically the, monster, the, then, you know, kind of their detractors give you kind of a, uh, like get, uh, inadvertently cause like perverse negative incentives for people to, you know, not make good decisions, not take good care of them yeah. leading to bad outcomes and high mortality rates. Right. Which, it, which in my opinion is why they shouldn't be pushed as a, as a pet animal, you know, like they should only be kind of kept in, but it's, it's hard Man, because there's it, no market it, for them. Then they disappear. You yeah, know? and and yeah. it sucks too because some of these retake morphs, like I mean, some of them just regular retakes, but some of the retake morphs are crazy cool looking. Yeah. They really yeah. are. They're super cool looking. But then and, also when when they're focused on those really cool looking morphs, 
all of a sudden the locality specific stuff disappears because it's just they breathe their morph to everything with the cloaca. That one's for you, Chuck. Ah, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I guess I, I know deserve how much that. you love that one. Yeah. Um, but you know, so my favorite so then, muttonism. <laughs> then the locality stuff just is gone. You know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And, and, and you know, I mean. Uh, can't bring them in now, you know, like, does yeah. that matter mm-hmm. though? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, we always bitch about how bad they are for the hobby. Now they're, you know, all, yeah, all we got to deal with is the morphs in the hobby. And even still, mm-hmm. we don't have these giant constrictors running around. I'm not saying that, you know, what, what, what nobody talks about and we all understand of, you know, baby snakes not making it to their fifth birthday or whatever, or 10th birthday, let's say, you know, like is okay. But, you know, I mean, is, is the, is the hobby worse off for that? Um, Uh, Yeah. I just, I guess I feel bad for all the, the snakes that have to. Oh, definitely, definitely not making that, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't care about, don't care about the poor snakes thing. Like I I definitely, definitely do i'm just looking at it from you know um kind of an appropriate versus inappropriate um look i mean what if what if all of those giant constrictors made it and you know we had thousands of people owning giant constrictors what would that look like would that be you know lots of news articles about fluffy the dog disappearing because Reggie the snake got out and fucking ate him. I mean, I don't know, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe I don't know. Can you have a positive <laughs> um, aspect of that argument? I don't know if they're you know. For me, it, it just comes back to I love seeing more people be interested in snakes, mm-hmm. and uh, me too. Like I remember, oh man, I was probably five or six years old, and I went to. It was actually someone who was renting a place we used to live in. My parents were renting it to him, mm-hmm. or I guess subletting it. And uh, anyway, I walked in there and he had a cage and it had, I think it was, it wasn't a giant Burmese, but it was, you know, a good size one, yeah. probably six, eight feet or something. Mm-hmm. But I remember for two or three weeks after that, almost every single night I would have a dream about how I had a cage with a Python in it. And I was so excited. And then I'd wake up. I'm like, and there's no way my mom was going to let me. She didn't let me keep a Python in the house till I was 18. And that was barely, (laughs) um, I got, I got to keep some of the smaller stuff for a week or two or a month that I caught locally. But, um, so, you know, I, I guess I kind of go back to the point I made earlier that, you know, that, and like you guys said earlier too, like you, you see that giant Python, no matter who you are or what you like or don't like, you're still going to think about that animal for a while, <laughs> whether you're scared of it or fascinated by it, mm-hmm. you are not going to forget seeing that gigantic thing with no legs and seeing how it moves. And, and then, you know, for me learning what it does in the wild and, you know, seeing it at zoos and recognizing little differences and, just like, you know, that set me on a path where I was so excited to learn about all snakes and, and wanting to keep whatever I could, whatever size it was, mm-hmm. whatever I could get away with. Um, but yeah, I certainly am not excited about, uh, I guess, 
what what becomes a disposable pet that's definitely mm-hmm. and that's it's not only the big ones it's the cheap ones too oh yeah yeah those become disposable pets too and and even like hamsters and things like that i don't love that that's for sure <laughs> yeah and i will say that i think Barcheck has done a good job of like kind of showing what uh, an adult reticulated python needs for housing and you know like yeah. maintenance and you know if it has problems shedding like how sketchy that can be and stuff and how you have to have two or th- you know people working with them and yeah. stuff. so i mean, I mean got, and uh, i kind of wonder like what i mean like really like what 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 is the impact of the average person seeing some of the sensationalism that like Brian Barcheck does with a large constrictor or Jay Brewer? Or like, I mean, because to, to us, it's kind of like, ah, that's not the best representation. Ah, that's not how those animals always are. Like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, and, and we always see those moments and we're like, ah, that's not showing us in the best light. But But we also have to like think about like what, what brings people in? Like, would, would any of those guys even reach the amount of people, you know, if they didn't do it that way? Yeah. And, and yeah. what do people think about that? Is that, is it really, I mean, is it, re- you know, do, do the people who watch that, who don't know a lot about snakes sit there and think how irresponsible or whatever we may even think that is, you know, like, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know if this is specific to American culture, but we do like to see kind of that crazy, like, jackass type stuff you know where they're gonna you know shoot each other out of a cannon or you know uh i don't know punch each other in the nether regions but (laughs) that kind of stuff i i and and so like chewy you know back in the day on bar checks because chewy would get bit or they do stuff with you you know do stuff to him he was kind of like the clown like getting you know getting bit every episode and so it was kind of i think people kind of came in out of that morbid curiosity and like oh look at this guy he's getting bit you know and i think it started out kind of on that you know sensationalism like oh watch me get bit by a snake and you know kind of using the animals to entertain rather than educate and and I think that's kind of the line, you know, like when you're when you're using animals strictly for entertainment, especially when you're having them bite you, you know, they can lose teeth or get infections or things like that. Yeah. Mouth rot. I don't know. Like, who, who knows if they can get exposed to different pathogens that way. So, you know, it becomes a pro- potential problem for the animal just to entertain us. And, I, you know, I think that's a little on the definitely on the yeah. of this aspect glad he's yep. not it, but you know <laughs> i know i didn't yeah. i seen a picture of him recently i didn't even recognize him i was like wait it's <laughs> familiar I, I guess <laughs> yes yeah yeah i was at a i believe it was an iha the international herpetological association something like that i think mm-hmm. we were in Arizona or New Mexico, can't remember. But anyway, um, Harry Green is a you know, very famous snake. He's the one that wrote the Snakes book, one of the, the best you know overall snake books. And he was at yeah. Cornell and then – or I guess he was at Berkeley first, then Cornell. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I got to see him give a talk, and he was talking about this very specifically. Uh, he's, he's saying you know how damaging it is to talk about our – animals that we keep and love, but do it in a way where, Hey, you know, check this out or, Hey, you know, this is what can happen. Or he's like, you know, 
what what are you perpetuating if you talk about the sensational parts mm-hmm. when people say i have a dog oh what if he bit me like people don't talk about their dog or their cat that way you know and, mm-hmm. and he brought up the point you know if someone says oh you ever been bit or is it gonna bite you just like you know hey you know just like a pet dog or a cat it can bite but they usually don't you know like mm-hmm. yeah don't have to well, and, and, don't have and to make it, it sensational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in our society, you know, an aggressive dog is not a positively looked at thing, right? Like a dog True. that readily bites is not, you know, there's very little tolerance for that long term in, in society. Yeah. So yeah, it, the, the it, problem it, is a unique thing. The problem is we understand that you know, like the most dogs don't bite and that some that do need to be handled appropriately. But the pro the public generally thinks that all snakes are out to bite them and all snakes are aggressive and angry, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So yeah. we, I, I agree a hundred percent with Harry green. You know, that's a, that's definitely an important aspect of this that is like, need- you just got to get a habit of not talking about your animals that way. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's great advice. And I, I, I really, uh, I'm glad. Well, but but then, but then I almost feel like outside of David Attenborough, nobody gives a shit, you know, like unless it's David Attenborough's voice drawing you in to an informationally positively represented, you know, animal interaction. Most people are like, yeah, mm, something else, something else, you know, change the channel. Well, and the sad thing is my kids would not be drawn in at all by David Attenborough. It's mm-hmm. all this flashy, fast mm-hmm. pace, things changing every three seconds. Yeah. Like I remember watching Marty Stauffer, Stauffer, however you said his name, like mm-hmm. all of those nature channel shows, like, you know, it's nice and slow. You get to see the, you know, the environment, you get to yeah. learn about things like I don't think kids are sucked into that anymore. They're so they're used, used to, to being social media. Yeah. But every well, three I, seconds, it's yeah. not like eventually you're going to be entertained. Like I need to be entertained every three to five seconds. Yeah. Otherwise I'm going to change the channel. And that's well, and part I, of the I whole social dilemma that we face. You know, we haven't yeah. gone through a period like this where yeah. everything rotates around entertainment. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's hard. The information age has required that the brain's processing speed goes so much faster. So I think, and our brains have done it. It seems like kids' brains have done it really well, but now it's almost like that's how their brains are wired. They want that very quick transit. Mm-hmm. Give me flash. Give me, you know, it stimulate, stimulate, stimulate. I'm not stimulated. Yeah. Move on. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And, and that's why it's, it's a, it's a tricky thing out there, you know, and I guess maybe some of these guys understand that and that's why their videos are short and they just do something, you know, maybe a, a, a small piece of education in, in a very short video. And that's maybe appropriate for this day and age. And I, I you know, you can only hope that people can get drawn in. I, I still, I still will watch that segment of planet earth where the, where the little marine iguanas are running oh, yeah. through the gauntlet of racers. That is some of the most amazing wildlife footage I've ever oh, seen yeah. and probably will ever see. It was so cool. And yeah, I could, I watched no- it over and over and I just was in awe of that same thing. I'm like thinking, I got to go to the Galapagos, you know, I got to go yeah. see this in the wild. And, and I, I hope, you know, that some of these things are, you know, and, and maybe that's kind of where I'm, 
uh, you know, with the herping videos where hopefully people see that and go, oh, I can go outside and find these things in my backyard. You know, I, I love snakes now because I, I watch Brian Barczyk's video and I need to go out and find them in the wild and see them in my backyard. And hopefully that gets people outside and doing stuff. But I'll tell you what, you know, it, yeah. if watching Brian Barczyk got people out herping, I, he would probably not have a bigger fan than me. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, who, who knows? I mean, he, it's, yeah, it's hard to say cause most of the stuff kind of revolves around captive, you know, stuff, yeah. but Dave Kaufman does, he goes out and herps and videos it. And I mean, he got bit by that big lace monitor. I guess that's, you know, just, and he talked about like, it was my dumb fault for sticking my hand to, you know, not restraining it properly or something, you know, or for even grabbing it in the first yeah, place. Yeah. For grabbing it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess, I, I wonder how games. Yeah, I wonder how many how many of us today kind of are in that mindset because we watched Steve Irwin. You know, when I went to Australia, I was happy just to see it and like sit back and watch it do its thing. You know, I didn't need to go grab it and like get a picture of me holding it. Now I did that with some things, of course. You know, and, <laughs> and like pythons and things like. Yeah, you got to pull them off the road or pick them up or get a wanker shot or whatever. Yeah, the big the big panoptes made you think twice though, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I don't want to be uh getting stitches either. But yeah. but at the same time like uh, I again, you know, I kind of put that back on Steve Irwin where he he grabbed stuff and he, you know, he'd kind of wrestle it and dive on it and all that kind of stuff. So that makes the you most think, dangerous snake in the world. Exactly. You want it to lick your face or you want to like get close to it and dodge its strikes and all that kind of crap. So I, you know, I, I don't know if that's, that's good for us. I want to like, I, I want to sit and watch the, the iguanas dodge the racers from a distance. I want to, I don't want to grab the both of them and hold them up to each other, you know, and like <laughs> make the snake try to eat the iguana or something. I want to watch kind of nature unfold or, or things do what they were, you know, they, what they've evolved to do or whatnot. You know, I, I want to see nature be nature, not, I don't want to grab it and interrupt that and scare it and make it run for the nearest cover. You know, I kind of want to sit, like I followed a lace monitor in, in Northern Queensland for a good 45 minutes. My kids are like, where did, where did dad go? Oh, he chased a lizard off into the brush, you know? And so I, I just followed around with the video camera and my, my still camera and I'm stopping every once in a while to kind of take pictures or video. And then I'll watch it walk by and walk a little further. And then I'll follow it. You know, that's what, I don't know. That's what gets me, I guess. And maybe that's because the, I, I was raised more on like nature that the, you know, PBS documentary series, nature or Harry yeah. Butler, who was kind of a little more chill about the wildlife and he just kind of observe it rather than grabbing it every time, you know? So, and maybe it's just a generational thing. I don't know. In my, one thing, we used to, <laughs> yeah. anyway, one thing that Emily from snake discovery said that was really interesting to me is she said that they, they learned that they can kind of help, teach their audience to enjoy videos that they don't like at first. And she was talking specifically about herping videos that they would not get very many views, but they love doing it. So they would just keep doing it because they love doing it and they might as well film it. And uh, after a while, after they do a few, they, they actually have their, their uh, viewers asking for more herp videos. Mm, cool. And so I think that's something any of us that have had that, you know, there's some of us, there's nothing you can do to keep us from going out and catching snakes, like mm -hmm. whether it's hot or cold or, you know, whatever, if there's a chance, I remember 
actually have been talking with Justin about a spot in Arizona to find twin spots. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to see a bunch of them in one day because they were doing a research project. They were pit tagging and, and taking data and all that stuff. And so I got to see, I don't know, a couple dozen uh, twin spots in one day, which was amazing. That's cool. But like two or three years later, we were there. It was like eight or nine o'clock at night. It's starting to get dark. It's pouring rain. And it was actually part of that same IHA when Harry Green came mm-hmm. and we were in this big van with a whole bunch of people. And for whatever reason, I can't remember, we had, we parked actually right there by that talus slope. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's raining hard. It's nighttime, but like every single cell in my body was like, <laughs> how could you be right here and not go out there and at least yeah. see if there's one sitting on a rock? <laughs> yeah. Like right. I knew it was the worst time ever to look, but I was like, mm-hmm. I have to go and, you know, like anyway, <laughs> everybody else. Like, like, yeah. If you can pass that, that excitement on, you, you know, get groups and go out and do it. Like when people realize the kind of excitement and fun and, you know, how awesome, sure. There's lots of times that it's difficult, but if you're there talking with friends, who cares, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and, 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 you know, I was just having this thought while you guys were talking and, 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 and it ties right in with what you said, Ben, about, about how, like, so, so we look at a Steve Irwin and we say, ah, not, you know, famous guy, maybe not always the best representation. Right. And then you, you know, you talk about, uh, the herping videos, how they just don't go over very well, but if they happen over and over again, that there's people who are asking for more of them. And so mm-hmm. does Steve, does Steve Irwin's interactions all like, you know, are they all negative just because, you know, the, the first time you watch him, he grabs it and he handles it and he does this or he does that, like, or, or are people, you know, are people able to look or be past that as, as, Hey, this was just an experience. I was interested in it. Now I'm seeing more things, which might lead them say, maybe I wasn't super into the, the, the herping videos, but now that I've seen a few, I'm much more interested. There's aspects of this. I didn't understand. I I seen it the first time I didn't get it. It didn't translate. And, and maybe, you know, when you see the sensationalism of Steve Irwin in, in, in first, it it is, wow, this guy's really crazy. Uh, But then as you have different experiences on past the Steve Irwin, you, you become deeper and more understood in things. And, and, and so like maybe the idea that Steve Irwin can be maybe not always a net positive, but still not be negative for anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was trying to explain that. And I feel like at the, the point I was trying to make was like hard for me to make. So I hope that made sense. <laughs> well, no, I, um, I, I agree because I, I loved watching Steve Irwin, you know, he, oh, yeah. he, he was, he was, one of those kind of once in a lifetime guys that comes along and just even grab the, your attention and grab even and the movies with horrible plots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I still yeah. watched it cause he chased a parenti, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch him dive after a parenti. Even if I wouldn't necessarily do that, I still want to see a parenti on the big screen. Right. <laughs> and I did oh, yeah. see that in the theaters. Like I wanted to see a parenti on the big yeah. screen. Yep. So, and, and I mean, he is very rightfully so well beloved you know, throughout anybody who's interested in reptiles, at least of a certain age, you know, people may yeah. not remember him these days or, you know, the memories fading a little bit, but I, I would also kind of another negative aspect to those kind of shows 
is the the thing that just killed me. And and this may have occurred to me later, you know, after I'd seen the episode or something, but when they're out in, and maybe it's after I've been there, right? (laughs) So I went to Cape York up to the iron range and we looked for green tree pythons. We saw a couple in the wild and, and then I see this, uh, you know, the, the, crocodile hunter where he goes out to that that same area and he finds like a whole litter or <laughs> whole group of hatchling uh, green tree pythons in like the daytime like next in some isolated tree out you know in a field or something and i'm like okay those were planted <laughs> yeah. put those on that tree to film this you know there's no way they found you know, eight baby green tree pythons crawling around. And if they did, why didn't they find the eggshells? Why didn't they find that where the nest was, you know, like yeah. search that tree and find that nest, you idiots. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, kind of screaming at the TV, but then I'm like, Oh wait, this is fake. You know, that's yeah. the other <laughs> thing that kind of doesn't jive well with me with a lot of these things is those plants, especially with nature shows where, and you know, this probably heralds back to, Disney in the fifties dumping lemmings over the edge of a cliff to show, you know, demonstrate how they run off cliffs sometimes. And and they were all dead, but they dumped them off the side of a cliff, you know, just for the dramatic sake. And I get it, you know, you're, and, and I guess that's why I like some of these herping videos where they don't find what they're looking for. You know, Mark O'Shea was a good example of that where mm-hmm, he yeah. went in search of the crocodile of the trees or whatever, and they never found one, you know, like, yeah. and, and so that's, that's life. That's, that's kind real. of more real. Yeah, that's more realistic in some ways. Where like you may not see your target, you might have to go back several times to to get a glimpse of it or to to see it. And sometimes you get lucky and see you know an Owen Pelly on your first you know trip to to Darwin area. So um, <clears throat> the Eric and Owen, but anyway, you know that's uh, <laughs> and, and you know they that was kind of a lucky thing for them too because Eric lost his phone, had to go back. And they probably wouldn't have seen it if you wouldn't have lost his phone. You know, so those kind of things, there's a there's luck that plays into it. But also putting yourself in the right place at the right time, enough times, you'll probably see it. You know, that's just I'll tell you what, Eric's phone has been a blessing and a curse for him. (laughs) That's for dang sure. More than more than most people know. But yes, you know, that's uh, most people know. We we Um, uh but so, you know, the, so that, I have that, a I, I have a question. Uh, so, I, and I don't want to I don't want to interrupt. Please finish your thought. But I want to talk about the conference coming up. So, oh. yeah. Well, no, the, so, I, yeah, I think I I made my point. I don't know if Ben wants okay. to respond to that or, but you know that that faking of nature documentaries really rubs me the wrong way and is a negative yeah. aspect of kind of that making it look easy or like you know oh I just yeah. went to their range and I found a whole litter of, you know baby. <laughs> green tree python anyway so all right yeah that to me that's right the same as the uh the clickbait kind of thumbnails and stuff yeah yeah for sure so we have this conference whole room full of you know hall full of influence 90 of them yeah 90 influencers across (laughs) crazy you know multiple multiple species and and genus of of animals Mm -hmm. and they're and they're what they're they're setting the tone for the future of of flash and 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 the way animals are viewed and consumed by the 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 media uh, of humans. Uh, I guess that's the question: is is this to like bring in the next generation of influencers, or to you know to 
or is it just to make money, you know, of people yeah. who are interested in influencers, you know, it's hard to, hard to say like, and I guess what, it is, that is to pin it. down what an influencer is there for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like what is there, you know, cause it, I can't I mean, see them like with, with 90 of them, I can't see them like making all that much money off of a conference, you know, like yeah. they're going to split the money 90 ways. I don't know. You know or, or they have to be ginormous influencers, which would to me, indicate that they're monetized so that they have an incentive to be like, Hey, let's all get together and figure out how to kind of run this, like, like kind of the corporations, all the corporations getting together and being like, how do we run this whole thing? Just us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It definitely seems like the, the way they're marketing it is come and meet your favorite, you know, Instagram or come meet your favorite YouTuber. Like, it's definitely, you know, come get pictures, come talk, come, you know, that's, that's the, uh, the attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I guess that's, that's probably appropriate. Cause they, I mean, if they do have that many fans out there, then people probably want to interact with them. You know, they want to chat with them. And frankly, I mean, I wouldn't mind uh, hanging out with Ken and Harkin or something. He seems like a really cool mm-hmm. guy. I'd like to chat with him someday. You know, I haven't met him in person before, but well, um, you know, who, it's hard to say like, yeah. And what, you what, almost what? wonder, like you, you go to a reptile show, right? We all go to reptile shows. Cause we're like, Oh, I, you know, that guy's doing this and he's mm-hmm. killing it. And oh, mm-hmm. I want to talk to him about that. Like, so we do that. Right. But, sure, but, sure. but, but, but Brian Barczyk shows up at reptile events and, and you know how, how much shit he gets from reptile people. So it's like, I guess I could feel like why influencers uh, like Barcheck would want their own freaking thing, you know, because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, I got I got a million followers. Like I got a lot of people who want to, you know, talk to me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even, screw all these snake people if they don't like me kind of thing. Yeah, you I guess I how- get that. You wonder how competitive this thing's going to be. Like, no, pay attention to me. I'm I'm more of an influencer than this guy. You know, so maybe they're that's why they have such a diversity of like fish people and arachnid yeah. people, and you know, so each each can kind of have their three or four guys that that's in their little area or something. So I I don't know. I I have no interest in attending something like this, but I don't fault anybody who does. I guess. And yeah. again, I'm not maybe their target audience, but I I know I've watched some of their videos I've seen a lot of their stuff, you know, so, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think Kevin from nerd is going to be there too. If I remember right. Yeah, I think so. And somebody yeah. else from there, like the videographer guy that, that films Rob Kevin. or, Oh uh, Rob. yeah. No, the, is somebody who used to work there. Not, I don't uh, think it's, it's one of the guys that does the podcast with Rob. Uh, um, I don't know if Rob's because Rob's not yeah. affiliated with with Nerd at all anymore, right? He like, just left. Yeah, he yeah, left he left. Left. he's totally doing under. something else. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, doing his own thing. So yeah. I don't know, but yeah, a couple of nerd nerd folks and former nerd folks are going to be there. Yeah. So and you know I I have reservations about Kevin too, but I I'd sure like to go tour Nerd someday. You know that'd mm-hmm. still be kind of cool oh, to yeah. see. See all the stuff he's got going on. So I think we get a black dragon from him. Yeah, right. Those are cool. Super cool. And, and, you know, frankly, I wouldn't mind going to the reptarium and seeing Barcheck Zoo. You know, I'd Mm -hmm. support that. I think that's, and again, I mean, he's not all bad. He's, he's got a lot of great qualities. You know, it's just sometimes he just rubs the hardcore herpers the wrong way, you know. So I don't know. It's, 
I've heard I've heard a lot of strong opinions about Barcheck. <laughs> you know, people love him and would die for him, and others want to see him. You know, see him dead, tortured or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 like the 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 angry anti passion against him is so yep. strong that sometimes I'm like, I, I get I get it, but I don't get it. Like how you're, yeah. how far you're taking it right now. Yeah. You know what I just mean? Just don't watch like, his videos. Like if yeah, you feel yeah, that like strong, the, like yeah. let it go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, there's also the whole thing of like, you know, if he's going to be out there, you know, yeah, kind of representing us in some kind of a fashion, do we have a right to, you know, I mean, I mean, absolutely. I think anybody has a right to be like, Hey, you're, you're screwing me over based on how poly, you know, anti, anti pet and, and, you know, certain agencies and, mm-hmm. and stuff are, are doing us right now. Like you're not helping. Like, yeah, I think people have that definitely have that right. And I guess that's where the concern comes in uh, around conferences like this, because you get a bunch of influential people in a room together I don't know how often it works out good, but it, in my hardest of hearts, I feel like it doesn't always work out the best usually. <laughs> yeah. And you wonder how many like people um, that, that kind of maybe come in through bar check or something, move on to other reptile YouTubers that are, you know, famous, have lots of hits like that algorithm that recommends the next video, you know? And so when they're, yeah. when they're clicking through all the videos that they want to watch that day, you know, they kind of show up. And so it kind of feeds on itself. And so you're going to be attracted to a conference like this because you love bar check who got you into camp cannon, who got you into, you know, all these other, uh, YouTubers or whatever. And so you're, you're, you're there because you you have all these heroes that are all going to be in one room. So I don't know more power to them, but yeah, I, I won't be attending. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they 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 care a lot if I'm there. So yeah, <laughs> they don't they don't give a crap. I don't influence anybody. <laughs> you you influence me, Justin. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Well, it mattered I, most. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I can say the same for you guys. Yeah. Uh, out of out of all the reptile people out there, yeah, you guys are probably some the the two guys that have influenced me the most. So, yeah, for me, before it. before I could talk to you, as you know, just looking stuff up, the internet was kind of a brand new thing, yeah. and I remember looking up care sheet after care sheet, and mm-hmm. you know, looking at pictures of how people do things, and all of a sudden, I had someone I could talk to, like yeah. I could see in real life, and. <laughs> You you had already had some experience, good and bad, and yeah. you know, been to some breeders' houses and and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Set set me the the uh, you know the joint ventures we had early on, and we got lucky and did well. And man, that yeah. just stoked the fire, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was a good fit right from the get go. Yeah, that was a lot oh, of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Miss those days and the herp trips we took, and like I oh, yeah. I still I still regret not liberating that shingle back and the, uh, mm, yeah, the a beautiful animal. Yeah. It was sad to see it in that state, but yeah, that's uh, good, good times, good memories. Yeah. And hopefully more in the future. It was really yeah. fun to hang out with you at Tinley uh, last time around yes. when we were there. So that was a lot of fun. We'll have to make, make more of those uh, 
things happen in the future. And, you know, yeah. life gets busy with kids and we've, we, you know, I'm kind of on the tail end of that where my youngest is <laughs> about the same age as your oldest. So yep. I've got a little more free time now with kids moving out and going to college and stuff, but yeah. it's still, yeah. We'll, we'll, I have never been to Tinley. Which is <laughs> crazy, yeah. but I've never been, so there well, you we'll go. Have to do another could, fight could, club on the road, we, and we could take it. There. We could take it to Sydney and and make it Chuck's first time. Yep, yep. Get I haven't good. been we'll since sure before there. COVID. It's yeah. about time for me to make it again, too. <laughs> there you go. So my understanding is like carpet rose no more or like that's changed or what's what's the. Oh, it was there when when last, was there when last you guys, time, the last yeah, time you guys were there in 2019. Okay. So uh, maybe um, I had heard that it wasn't its its former glory or so, I don't know. I, 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 well, I don't know what happens yeah, I mean, in these reptile events anymore. Eric and Owen weren't there and, you know, some uh, of the well, others that, Maybe there. that's what it was. Maybe it was like. Yeah. You I know. mean, there were only like what two or three of them this time. Uh, maybe, maybe four, but yeah. I mean, can you call it, it Carpet Row without the Podfather? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, and it wasn't it as doesn't sound right. row as a couple yeah. booths in the middle of a row, you know. So, but yeah. still, you know, cool to see Jason Balin and chat with him. Yeah, for sure. The other guys, so yeah, cool. Uh, Tinley's a cool show. I mean, you know, it's changed quite a bit. Dude, anytime you can get. <laughs> That many tables worth of people who like carpets, that's a cool thing, right? Yeah. Like, oh, mean, yeah. I, yeah. I have yet to see uh, a reptile show that has a grip of carpet keepers under one roof. Like, it's usually, yep. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, one or maybe two. Maybe. But, yeah. like, a row, that's yeah. nuts for carpets, right? Yeah. So, the fact oh, that yeah. I missed out on that on this heyday, I'm kind of like, ah, you know, yeah. that's, that sucks. Yeah, that so. first time I went to Tinley was that was Carpet Row and it's all its glory and that was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I see. Got, I wish. I feel like. I feel like. Uh, I feel like I missed Lollapalooza. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like it <laughs> still first, happens, but it's not Woodstock, the same thing. Woodstock yeah. '99 or whatever. Ex- it was. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I went, but it's it's not the same thing. Yeah. My first time going was the year that the Carpet Python book came out, 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Justin and, and Nick were off in Australia, so I got to represent at Tinley. That's right. Yeah, you sold a some lot of carpet people. Yeah, oh, yeah. man, yeah. we sold a lot of carpet pie. That was so awesome how much support we got. <laughs> yeah. Excitement. Yeah. It, was, it was cool. Yeah. You might have to do the book tour again, Justin. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if we ever get the book, you know. (laughs) Well, I mean. Yeah, that's the question. I mean, we we missed, you know, Tinley's over this year. So, I mean. Well, there's the October one, right? That's the one one you go to, the October one, yeah. Well, I don't know if you're making that date, are you? I don't know. I don't. Well, I'm not. holding my breath. I don't know. If okay, it takes gotcha, this gotcha. long to just get the proof, you know, yeah. who knows how long it's going to take to get the actual. Have you got, you haven't proof. gotten the proof yet? No, I still haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So. Okay. okay. And last mm-hmm. I Thought chatted with, or I talked to Bob, it seemed like, oh, it was any day, you know, we were expecting it any day, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of delays and he's really frustrated. I think he had like three or four books that he's waiting for the pr- oh, blue wow. line proof, you know, it's mm-hmm. like none of them are coming. So, yeah. And I'm but, assuming they're using all the same, the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so. So we'll okay. see, see how it goes, but man, I, I want this thing in my hands. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I seen a Mac and Wookie had a copy in you, before you. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy intellectual Mackie. He knows how yeah. to get the coffees. <laughs> has that been has that been widely circulated yet? I don't think so. I think I told him about it, but 
Or I showed him, yeah, it, over the computer. It, but I, it may I'm be time to make that known. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I, I can't. I didn't make it, so I can't make it known. So. <sighs> Whoever created that, well, you yeah, he, you are. He, <laughs> make it he, public. He that or she <laughs> who who madeth the intellectual Mac and Wookie, please give it to the rest of the world to share. Or she or he, because I yes. think, yeah, if if it's who sent it to me, then she should uh, share that because it's really well done. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yep. fantastic. All right. Anyway, what, anyway, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah. off yeah. of your Mac and Wookie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Ben, for coming on. This has been a great discussion. A lot of fun to to chat with you again and have you on the podcast. I feel bad we haven't gotten you on before now. So yeah, we'll have to have you back as soon as you want to come back. You know, let us know when you're ready to to come back and, and talk some genetic uh chat with us. So that sounds really, good. Uh, really yeah. informational, I'm sure. So um well, where where can people find you? Uh, put your information out there. Um so the the uh, genetic testing is Rare Genetics Inc. Um, so that's a good good way. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram and RareGeneticsInc.com. Any of those things, uh, you can pretty easily get my my uh, contact information. Either go through our contact on the website, or I think I have both phone number and email address. But just be known that I am a horrible on the phone. So if you go phone number route, just text me because I am not good on the phone. <laughs> That's the worst for me. Um, but yeah, and then the, I can the uh, yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> and the, uh, the breeding that's a uh, reptile genetic services. So kind of a similar name. I didn't know if everything was going to be under one name or not. So ended mm-hmm. up, ended up being two names that are pretty similar, but um, but yeah, same thing, Instagram, Facebook, and, and, uh, morph market for that one. Okay. Reptile genetic services, your, uh, ball Python and, and other, uh, your Hondurans. Cool, yeah. Hondurans. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You've been producing some crazy ball pythons. They're really cool. Yeah. 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 We had some fun ones last year. It uh-huh. turned out crazy. We had one that kind of looks like cheddar cheese with mold on it it's like kind of a, a purpley mold on it uh-huh. he's such a weird looking snake he's what's, pretty awesome what is it what's the what are the he is an orange dream black pastel hypo champagne <laughs> wow that's yeah. cool. also known as the ble- the the cheddar blue cheese <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the, the moldy the moldy cheddar, moldy yeah, cheddar. yeah that's awesome i like that's that cool. Was that and a world sister, first or was that? that was uh, a, I mean, I would have guessed that it is. Yeah. I don't know for sure. As as his you. sister is the same genes as him, except for Orange Dream. And she's mm-hmm. like silver and white because uh-huh. they both have a little bit of a, you know, a pied look to them because of the champagne, not because yeah. of het pied. But yeah, but yeah, they're, they're pretty fun. And we just got 10 more eggs from that same pairing. So oh, cool. Nice. See what else we get from another that. moldy cheddar. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, you've been doing some cool stuff with that. Are you uh, are you bur- are you burking those things and and <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah, I we are at a point now where we're going to have to sell several holdbacks or build more space. So yeah. I'm still on the fence whether I build more space or or sell several. It's it sucks having to do that cuz Yeah. There's so so many that I like, you know. Yeah. Now you it, moved it, recently, it is, right? Yeah. Did you? What was that? You moved recently? Did you? 
Yeah, well, that's the funny thing. And I didn't, um, it, when we were texting, I didn't write this out. But yeah, yeah so we had two acres and uh, mm. we had a detached garage. And so we built a new house just on the other side of the oh, garage. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so I still have the same snake room. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's yeah. that's nice. I'm glad you oh, didn't yeah. have to move your snake room because that's not fun. Yep. <laughs> my uh, good friend, kind of my partner now, he yeah. uh, moved in with his girlfriend into our old house. So oh, now nice. he's right here with me. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That makes, we call that it the compound more. now. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, that is that is a compound right yeah. there. <laughs> and I, I met him, right? Wasn't he at Tinley? With Kevin. Me? Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. at Tinley. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's a cool guy. So. He's still at it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's nice. Very yeah. cool. Well, yeah, that's uh great to have you and chat with you. This has been a fun conversation. So yeah, thanks. I again. enjoyed it too. Yeah. And uh, of course, thanks to the uh, really Python radio network uh, for hosting our podcast, uh, Eric, uh, the man with the, many podcasts. I don't know how he does it, but we're glad he does. Keep it going, man. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of Reptile Fight Club. All right. Old school AAR and the anti-influencer are out. Fight Club.